Hey, um, so just want to welcome you, those of us online. Hey, I also, those of you online, there's some powerful stuff happening uh, here on the weekends when we just come together as a faith community and we get to watch what God's been doing in other people. And it's there's just something about being in the space. And so maybe if you're checking us out for some of the first times online, I invite you to take that next step, which would be to join us here. We'll make some room for you. We'll nudge somebody over. Uh, so I want to invite you to do that. And for those of you who are here, maybe for the first time, glad you're here checking us out. We are actually wrapping up a series called Mulligan, uh, but don't worry, I'm going to catch you right up. And if at the end of this, you want to go back at any time and send this to somebody else or listen to it, um, you can do that uh, at any time you want to, as long as YouTube is in existence or the internet works, um, you can go and check it out online or the app and kind of go through what we've already kind of gone through. So this whole idea of Mulligan is that um, we can find ourselves in these places where we're just having to have a do-over, right? A second, a third, a fourth, a fifth chance at doing something. We don't want our life to look like a do-over. And so we kind of started this whole thing off with myths, um, three big myths that I shared, which was that experience makes me wiser. And this was a myth. But we learned through some tools that we did um, that uh, evaluated experience is actually what makes you wiser. When you evaluate the experiences that you've had so you can see what needs to shift and change so that the next time when you get an opportunity to have a do-over or a next time, that it doesn't look like the last time, right? There's this other myth that we talked about of since I know better, I'll do better, right? And that's just not true. Just because we know better doesn't mean we'll do better, nor does it mean that we have the ability, the uh, tenacity, the uh, endurance, the self-control to actually do what we know is right and good for ourselves. Um, and so that can be this myth. I know, I know, I know. It doesn't actually put action into place. And so we wanted to you know, debunk that and look at how can we make, take actionable steps. Then we talked about how time is, my, uh, is against me. Time is against me. The clock is ticking. Like, I've got to step into the next thing. You know, this is how do-overs become a mess really quickly. And even if you looked at games, when you do mess up, you know, like everyone's staring at you and they're like, fail. And you feel everyone going, fail, 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 right? So you quickly just want to jump right into it to redeem it, right? And oftentimes, we haven't taken the time that's needed. And the truth is that time is your friend. So uh, we talked through um, these uh, uh, three ideas, which is um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how we own it, which we use this pie chart to own it, that there's things that have happened to us, and we need to figure out what part of this failure, this thing in the past that we had a part in, right? And how difficult it can be to figure out what this is, because this is big and emotional and hurtful and messy, but if we want next time to be better than the last time, we've got to own this piece. Then last week we talked about how we have to rethink it, that we should not be conforming to this world, but we should be transformed by the renewal of our minds. Renew is to restore, and restoration, if any of you guys have ever done this, takes time. It takes a lot of time. And if you too quickly gather the new and put new on top of old that you haven't torn apart— what does the new do? It peels off, right? So you have to take the time of refurbishing, polishing off, taking apart, removing the old, right? And understand what that looks like to allow the maturity to happen of the transformation, the renewal, the restoration of your mind to become something new, right? To, to have that shift in you and what that looks like. And finally today, we're going to end this whole thing with 
release it. That today, we're specifically going to focus on this part. So we've done the hard work here, right? But if we want next time to be like, not be like the last time, we need to learn how to release this because this will follow you into your future. Not, not dealing with this part of the pie enables you to smuggle, to drag this into your future. And who wants, who wants to allow people who hurt you the most to have influence in your future? Who wants to allow this, this messy, emotional, ink, boss, professor, mom, dad, relationship, whatever it may be, to, to follow you and to have influence even into you your future. And so today we're going to talk about the very difficult but redeeming work of releasing it. And the only way to fix it, the only way to fix it for the future, to make sure that next time is different than last time, is to own this, right? And it's to deal with this. Whoa, I thought I was going to fall over. I felt everything moving. That was awesome. <laughs> I was doing it with it. I was like, hey, sorry. <clears throat> that was my own moment. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two like, um, questions that uh, are just going to be a little bit uncomfortable. This is what counseling looks like. Welcome to the room. All right. Here's the question when it looks like dealing with this, right, and figuring out how to release it. The first question I have for you is this. How far into your future do you intend to carry the angst, which is anger, hurt, fear, um, the angst created in your past. How far do you intend to carry that? Or let me put it uh, this way. Here's another one. How long, how long do you plan to allow the people who mistreated you to influence you? How long do you plan to allow the people who mistreated you, and whoever they were, to continue to influence you in your, in your future. Uh, I don't know about you, um, but um, I, uh, I get to be around a lot of people and hear their stories, and I love hearing great stories. I specifically love hearing the stories of the person that's like the person I want to be like. Have you ever met those people where you're like, man, they are the real deal. They're just, everything about them is great. I just want to spend more time with them because they're just, I want it to like rub off on me and be like, wow, you're just like, everyone wants to be like you. Everybody wants to be around you. Everybody wants to be liked by you. When I grow up, I definitely want to act like that. Could I even, right? Then you sit down and you hear their story. I don't know if you've ever done this. You hear their story and it's just nasty, right? You're like, what? Oh my gosh, you did what? What happened to you? What broke in you? You should still be in recovery. And then they're like, I am. And then you're like, whoa, right? You're like, who, who are you? Like, how does this even happen? Like, everyone wants to be like you. How did you get through that, right? What shifted in you? And that's my favorite question, actually, to ask people, is when I meet them and you hear this story and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's so much pain, brokenness. Talk about a startle, like a redo. Oh, my goodness. I love asking them, how did you do it? How did you get to a place now where everybody wants to be you and everybody wants to be like you, right? And they have no idea what's gone in the past. How did you get from here to there? And they all give me the same exact answer. It's one word. Well, two for you up here. They decided. They decided. They just decided to own it, that something was going to shift, right? And you're like, I don't understand like how you even got through that or how you're getting through that. And the answer is always, I just decided that I'm going to let the past remind me, but it will not define me. 
I'm going to let it remind me of where I've been, but it will not define my future. I'm not going to take that stuff into my future, right? And you and I, friends, actually have the ability to decide to leave the past behind once you make your mind up to do it, just like them. Once you decide, right? No matter how big and scary and dysfunctional this is, you have the opportunity and have the ability to deal with this, to not allow it to go into your future once you decide. I remember speaking with someone um, in particular, and their story was just awful. I mean, like, it was like, it, it makes you cry, like listening to it. And to be like, you, one of those people that you're like, you just get a free pass. Like, you're, you're okay. Like, you get a free pass completely. Like, I don't even know how you're surviving right now and dealing with this and the hurt and the brokenness. And, um, you know, you don't need to forgive anyone. Like, this is just atrocious, right? And I remember they specifically um, told me this. This is exactly what they said. They said, I was like, what, what, what changed in you? How are you, like, such a good person? And why is everything good? And they just said, I decided. You see that? Same thing. I decided that there was enough pain in life and I wasn't going to drag that along with me the rest of my life. It wasn't worth it. They made a decision to take an actionable step to ensure the next time won't be like the last time. Release the past, friends, so the past will release you. So how do we do that? This is your favorite word. You forgive. You forgive. This word sets people off. Because their immediate response most of the time is, no. <laughs> no. I ain't forgetting and I ain't forgiven. That's the truth. It cannot be undone. Here's the deal. Forgiveness allows us to leverage, to leverage the lessons from the past, but not lug it as luggage from the past. To not carry it this ball and chain, this jail that we put ourselves in, right? In the scriptures, the Bible has so much good stuff. I mean, uh, there was a, a letter written by a guy named Paul, right, who needed a big old another chance, really had messed some stuff up, really actually needed forgiveness himself a lot, right, as we all do. And it's incredible. He wrote this letter to a church in Ephesus that we're going to jump into, that this, that this um, letter that was written over 2,000 years ago, the insight that we can all grasp and receive from this. He says in Ephesians 4, he says, in your anger, do not sin, right? I love this. This is actually an imperative, this word he uses here in the Greek language, anger. He was saying like, hey, you can be angry, right? So, so some of you just got some like relief right there. You're allowed to, and there's expectations that you're angry. There are things that will make you angry in life, right? hurts and frustration. But he's saying this, in your angry because it's going to happen. It's okay. Do not sin. And he says, do something about it, right? This is the deciding part, right? Decide not to let the sun go down while you are still angry. Now, many of you maybe have heard this idea before that you have a decision. And this whole idea of the sun going down, this is so good, just the, just the word picture that we get here. Don't let the sun get down, you're angry. Some of you, that's like very literal of that day. And for some of you, it's a season, right? You look for a whole solar season. <laughs> the lunar season is going to be the sun that's going to be going down. I am angry, right? I got some problems going on here. So this, I'm not talking about, when, when we're talking about these types of big things, I'm not talking about like the, 
Your wife said, please rinse off the dish when you're done and put it in the dishwasher so she can start it later. And she's going to walk you over there and say, see, you didn't rinse off the dish and put it in the dishwasher. And then we're not going to let the sun go down and angry. And I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. And she's going to be like, I forgive you. And then we're like, happy, right? No, that's just not, that's not the stuff I'm talking about. You know, this stuff is real. This stuff is big and bad and emotional and it hurts, right? But the question is this, when it comes to the sun going down, how many sunsets? How many sunsets? How many sunsets are you going to let there be before you start dealing with that? Before you decide that you're going to deal with that? He continues on and says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Now, the word foothold right here, I just want to talk about that for one second. The word foothold right here figuratively means an opportunity. Don't give the devil an opportunity, right? But literally, it means a staging ground. A foothold is a staging ground. So when we wrap that up, he's saying, hey, in your anger, don't let the sun go down on this while you're still angry. And don't give the devil a a foothold, which is a, a staging ground. Don't let the devil... Make a build a shop like a whole like refuge camp up in your life, right? Because he's going to use whatever that is, that stuff, all right here, just to like antagonize you and just beat you up. He's just going to like set up shop, right? So he's saying, don't let the devil do this thing to you, right? If you don't deal with the junk in your life, if I don't deal with the junk in my life, you give the devil an opportunity to set up shop. To just hang out there, right? And this word devil, it's very interesting how Paul uses it. Uh, a lot of definitions that you see in other parts of Scripture when it refers to devil, the explanation is Satan, right? And we all get this. In the Greek language here that he specifically used, it's only used a couple of times. It's specifically pertaining, and you might even see this in some of your English translated versions when you're reading this, that it doesn't even say devil there. It actually says slanderer or liar or deceiver, Right? So it's saying, don't let this slanderer, this liar, this deceiver set up shop, right? Have a staging ground to just mess everything up and get you back in that same place where you're feeling like you're just having to have another go at it. And I'm going to make it really personal for you right now. For you to read this, for some of us to read this in its best light of understanding, you should read it like this. Do not give Sarah a foothold. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give such and such ink a foothold. Do not give that professor so-and-so a foothold. Do not give my mom or my dad a foothold. I'm not going to give that habit a foothold that's got a hold of me. I'm not going to give that relationship, that ex-wife or ex-husband, a foothold, a staging ground. My kid... That's wreck and shop, a foothold. They get so personal. We have to ask ourselves, do we really want to give the person who hurts you the most a staging ground in your life, in your future? Of course not. Of course not. Don't let the sun go down is a decision. And we have to say, I am going to decide. That my past might inform me, but it will not conform me, right? And it will not control me. It might help me make better decisions in the future, but it does not dictate 
my future. I will not let this dictate. It might help inform me to make some better decisions, but it's not going to own it. There is a place for anger, friends, and we need to keep it in its place. There's a place for anger. We need to keep it in its place. And so Paul continues. It's like, well, how do I do this? What does this look like? I mean, oh my gosh, like, don't let this person, this thing, the devil have this stronghold in my life. What does it look like? And he says, he follows this up and he says, get rid, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Right there, that get rid of means you and I got work to do. We can't just let it sit around and fester. Get rid of something is action, right? And so if you're bitter about something, you got work to do. If you have rage and anger about something, you have work to do. It says get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Do this. Get rid of it. Be done with it. Get rid of it. Then he says this. This is our word right now in the season. It says be kind. Be kind and compassionate to one another. And there's that hot topic. Forgiving each other. Forgiving each other. The word forgiveness in this specific context means this, friends. It means pardon. It means to give someone a pardon. What's a pardon? Well, this is when you go to a court of law and a judge looks at you and says, you are absolutely guilty. You are 100% guilty of what you have done, and I am deciding that you now owe nothing. I'm pardoning you. The only way to break the chain between what has been done to you and your future, friends, is to pardon. To pardon. Decide, 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 decide. I pardon you. Are free to go. You are not following me anymore. I'm not going to let you follow me anymore. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a Christian, this is just like a good old idea. Like, this will make your life better. Like, that's pretty good stuff. I mean, I can see that. It'll make me feel a little bit better. But if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, if you've already made that decision, this isn't optional. <laughs> it's just straight up. Like, let's get right there. This is not optional because this verse finishes like this. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, right here, just as Christ God forgave you. Because you have been forgiven, your job is to forgive. As you have been pardoned, you pardon. And you don't just pardon somebody, not simply because they deserve it, because they probably don't, but because God in Christ made that same decision about you and about me. He freed himself. He decoupled. He freed himself from the burden of looking at you and me through the lens of sin. He chose, he decided to pardon. And we have the same opportunity, friends, to decouple what has been done to us. And some of uh, my conversations with people when it's just like, this is just gross. It's so hard. They're like, but what if, what if this broke the law? I mean, they really mess it up. Well, here's the answer I give everybody. And call the police. <laughs> Let the authorities take about it. Because what's going to end up happening is they're going to be in two courts then. They're going to be in the law's court and they're going to be in your court. 
But you have a decision not to let this be dragged into your future. You have a decision to say, you don't owe me. Because when you sit there and say, you owe me, you owe me, you owe me, you owe me, you can become owned by it in this jail right here. And for some of you, really practical, tactical tool to do. If you need to, just write a big old long list. What do they owe you? And write everything down. To be made right and righteous together, what would it take? Well, they need to do this, they need to do this, they need to do this. Then look at that and decide, could they even do it? (laughs) And look at that. And you have to make a decision. I'm not going to let this own me and make next time like the last time because I keep just dragging it into the future. I'm not going to let it have a stronghold in my future anymore because I can't do it. I have to choose to pardon. Pardon as you have been pardoned. So we're going to wrap this whole series up as we have talked about owning it, rethinking it, and releasing it so next time we can plan to be better than the last time by singing this powerful, powerful, powerful song together. In just a moment, actually, I'm going to need you to bust out your little cue card you got right here, your little index card. We're going to use that. We want to create just some space for you today. This song that we're going to sing, it starts out, the first verse starts out like this. It says, I've carried a burden for far too long on my own. I was not created to carry it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I see it now. I'm laying it down, and I know that I need you. It's powerful what God can do through that. And our theology is so simple here. For some of you right here, that's connected to just brokenness. And you're just like, I'm a broken person. There's nothing so broken that God cannot do a mending work in. And we can so often get caught up in that it's mine to take care of. I have to fix it. I have to heal it. Don't leave this place without allowing him to do the work that only he can do. For some of you feel like it's just a dead end. It's just a dead place. And I don't want to remember that dead place. But I also want to kind of hang on to it. Because it's mine. It's my hurt. There's nothing so dead that God cannot resurrect again. But here's the deal. He makes it new. He's not going to bring it back like it was. And so often we sometimes so deeply want it to be, but he'll make it a new creation, Scripture tells us, something that's new. And there's nothing so lost that he cannot find it. You will be found by him if you seek him. And you can run to your Father again and again and again and find a surgeon and find a friend. So if maybe you find yourself in that place today and you're just ready to give it over, you're ready maybe for the first time to be pardoned yourself. It's been done for you through Jesus. And we have this this, uh, journal called This Changes Everything because a decision like that, accepting that your own pardon changes everything. So we want to give this as a gift to you. As you leave, you can grab this. Maybe you're just on a journey and you just want to explore faith a little bit and say like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to completely do that or completely to receive that. Can we just have a conversation? Go on a journey with God and explore faith. And we'd love to follow up and have a conversation about that. This is one of your first times with us. We're so glad that you're here today and invite you to come back. Give us a couple weeks, get to know us. And uh, thank you for your generosity. It's literally transforming our homes and our communities and the world as we just unleash compassion together. Um, We're starting a new series next week. 
Um, I'm going to send you off with a blessing. And uh, we're also just going to kind of make this place a quiet place still. As people just want to need to go through and let go, and let God and pardon some things still. So just so you know, just want to kind of still have a holy atmosphere in here as you kind of work your way out. But let me just send you off with a blessing. May you experience a blessing that comes from pardoning. And may you not let the things of your past owe you and own you. Because you, friends, are owned by a good, good father. That's exactly who you are. I love you, friends. I'll see you next week.